Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill, and as a coach, I have found that people are either stuck in the past or worried about the future. On this podcast, I invite guests to share their insights about how to get unstuck and back on target so they can look forward to what lies ahead. Joining me today is Kevin Juza. Kevin is known as the Tenacious Leader. His firm helps startups and SaaS companies implement a business development strategy that's guaranteed to grow their lead pipeline 3x within 90 days. So you can see why I wanted to talk to Kevin. But before I do, I want to also thank my coach, Suzanne Taylor Keene, for introducing me to Kevin. Welcome, Kevin. Welcome. Good to meet you. Good to see you today. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it is. It's good to see you as well. As people are going to see and or hear, they're going to see how, how lively you are. I've really enjoyed our prior conversations. Um, I was drawn to you for a variety of reasons, one of which is that you work in the sales arena primarily, but maybe not exclusively, but you're in the San Diego, California area. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Does that have some bearing on the type of companies that you are choosing to work with? Not really, you know, because the way the technology kind of makes it easy, Zoom and all that, it makes it really easy to connect with people. And when I typically work with the sales group, um, they could be remote themselves. Nowadays with COVID, the way people start hiring people, they're not really stuck by the talent in their neighborhood, but they're able to reach out to people all across the United States and the world. So it becomes very flexible. Um, a lot of my clients, I think SaaS was what made me go towards SaaS because San Diego has a very strong SaaS environment and startup environment. Um, that's kind of where I, I got a lot of the local experience. Um, but other than that, no, I'm, I'm pretty stretched across the United States. Yeah, I was just thought there. Another reason I was interested in speaking with you originally is um, my most recent two clients um, are SaaS organizations and, and they're fast growing. Um, as you know, I do not do work in the sales side, but I have grown to understand and appreciate a bit more of the challenges of startups um, and just the sheer intellect of the people that SaaS organizations have to attract. Um, you have an interesting story that led to you doing what you're doing. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what got you to this point? Uh, I don't know how far, how far I want to go back, uh, but- I'll tell you what, maybe about, after you were wearing diapers, maybe after, uh, let's say, after high school or college graduation. Okay. Well, I was with H&R Block for over 15 years. I was, I dreamed that that's where I would be having my whole career in because my parents and my mom both went through H&R Block and they retired plus 45 plus years. And so me then, I was like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. But our, our economy is different than it was for my parents, you know? Mm -hmm. Being with a company that long, you you become, a, you know, a rhino and not really connected to the organization. So the future, the leaders think. Um, but I really believe that buy-in of, of culture and connection is key. And it's kind of coming back around, I think, in the next couple of decades, I think we'll be going back towards that because more and more employees feel disconnected to their companies. And they'll go to the next place, the next place, the next place trying to find something, which is basically connection to a boss, a product, a leader, a pro, you know, and being there. Uh, for myself, the economy kind of took a big turn when I kind of came to San Diego. Um, I moved down here for a, for a career and it was more of a project. So mm. I found myself after we bought in a home, I had two babies in my hand. My wife, the teacher, she, she was able to find a teaching job and I was unemployed. So I started my own business. I started a mm. franchise bought in a franchise. Uh, it, it started kind of doing that for, for, did that about for a couple more years. Then my wife got laid off. Just like, 
being all this turmoil in, 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 in work environment, I think we have to always adjust and keep going. Um, and so then I started finding work in inside sales and, and doing, uh, working with operations, sales leadership and managing teams. And, and then when I was right before COVID, I was let go um, due to the, the impact of that. Uh, and I connected with an old, old colleague of mine that needed help consulting. So then I, I tried Then for the last next two years, I was working with him learning how to be a consultant. And I, I really enjoyed basically love going in and solving problems. And then I, and I found myself being attracted to staff startups with the founders are the number one salesperson. And then I learned that they basically are told at one point, it's time for you to build a sales team and you need to go out there and, and do it. So what they do is they go out and hire a senior executive vice president of sales or chief revenue officer, $300,000 plus equity, plus, plus, plus. And then it doesn't work it, mm. it's because they're not bought into the startup. They're not bought into the brand, the culture, the connection. So I said, I, I go in and say, okay, why don't you give me access to $300,000? Yeah. Let's bring in three people and start building a sales team for you. And in six months, you'll have a, you'll have a junior salesperson that you can mold and craft to become a junior you so that you can step away from sales. Mm. Then when you have a sales team, then you bring in a vice president of sales or somebody else that can from the industry that can help you close, you know, but there's a place and a time, but I think as a startup, kind of sit in the startup and you build your team from within, you'll have people bought in and part of the whole success of the organization. That's where I find myself, not today. Well, listeners know these are unscripted conversations. You did not know that was coming, but I think it kind of tells a, more of a compelling story about Kevin. And that is one, your willingness to be so open about the setbacks that you experience and how you had to basically go reinvent yourself. I'm intrigued by this concept, the tenacious leader. I don't see that term very often. So when I saw that as your kind of your, your, your moniker, your name, that would you kind of tell us a little more about what does that mean to you, the tenacious leader? I found myself always being in, in situations that I get stuck and I don't give up. Hmm. Oh, and so I, I I fall, I use the word tenacity as not as a verb instead of an adjective. Hmm. People sit back and they see an athlete, they do stuff, man, he's so tenacious to never give up. His story is so, and I'm like, well, why don't we bring that before the activity and drive around tenacity and tenaciousness to achieve your goal? Uh, my daughter's a cross country runner in high school and she's like, hasn't broken 20 minutes for three miles yet. You know, she's like so close and, and but she's not giving up. She's still practicing every day. She's trying to get stronger. She's never giving up. She's goal to get there, you know, and that kind of fuel I've passed on to her, I had in myself, you know, I never was the best athlete on the football team, but what I was, I was the team player. I was the motivator. I was the, I was the team, you know, captain of personality and, and perseverance. And so I just found myself to always be never giving up. Um, my wife and I, it took us years to get pregnant and, and you, we had to use science three times. The first two, they, they weren't successful. And this mm. is a hard topic to talk or for some people to listen to. But I just realized that last time we have to just let go and let, let, let the energy happen, whatever's going to happen. And we can't give up, honey. We're, we're, we're meant to have a family. If it's this way, it's going to be somewhere else. And so I just kind of found myself tied to that word tenacity and tenaciousness. I love the concept. Um, when you said that your daughter runs cross country, I immediately started smiling. Um, our son, Andrew, uh, ran cross country in high school and he was not the fastest, but he was by far the most tenacious. And I was so proud of how he just doubled down and worked hard 
Uh, it's been some time since he's been in high school. I'm very happy to report he qualified and ran the Boston Marathon this year. Wow, that's awesome. And I attribute that to nothing other than tenacity. Now, admittedly, he's gotten faster. He's gotten stronger. But I don't know if Andrew will be listening to this episode. But as you're, well, I hope he does. Um, I love what, when you describe working with startups. And what really caught my attention is the company founder. It, they have a dream. They have an idea. Right. And they begin to surround themselves with people uh, to kind of go carry out that idea. Let's use SaaS as an, an example. Right. When you said that the tendency, particularly if they have private backing, but the tendency is to pony up big bucks and go hire a high-powered, well-paid sales executive, your guidance to them is that may be the right decision at the right time. And your guidance is, let's go build more from scratch. And what really caught my attention was not just the sales piece, but bring people in who are willing to invest and buy into the culture. Right. And when they come in as new hires, they're in, the word invest is key there. They're the ones, mm -hmm. they're building the culture. They're, they're coming in, instead of being at the top where you're leading the culture, you're, 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 you make more impact when you start at the ground up when it comes to culture. And so, and you have to let the freedom of the, of the, the masses really justify where the culture is going. As a leader, you can only create the playground, but you don't know what games they're going to play when they go there. Mm. And so it's how you create all that together. And so, and when I, when I find myself working in sales, that word tenacity comes in a lot of place because they have to just keep going. They have to, they get a lot of rejection. They get a lot going and, and the owners get so frustrated. They go, I got to find somebody to, duck, to come in here and take this care of me for me. If they find somebody who's out of work and they're going to get them a, a you know, low, low risk executive to come in. Well, they're not going to be there that long because they're going to find something somewhere else. So it's that balancing act. You know, you describe bringing people in where they could be helped build the organization and kind of build the culture. You know, all the surveys indicate we all, if you're employed, you want to believe in the company that you work for and what they are about. And if you can be part of kind of articulating what these beliefs are and be kind of on the ground floor, um, I can see why that'd be exciting. The, the nature of sales, however, is one of, you hear a lot of no. You've demonstrated in your personal life that tenacity has had benefit and you're trying to instill that same mindset with your clients. Is there a temperament that you find that works best for those going into sales? When I'm interviewing and helping them find the team, the temperament's curiosity. You know, is the person curious about the other person or just selfish and want to sell something? Mm. So when they turn that around and they make it more curious about the customer and knowing what they're looking for, knowing why they're going to need a product, why they, or are you just, you know, reflecting what you want onto them and hopefully they pair it back to you? I mean, there's so many sales strategies out there and talking strategies and getting people to, to say yes three times and all those kind of monocles to get people in the sales process. But if you're curious and you find the best offering, if it's yours or somebody else's and you provide that, sometimes I've given offers to say, you think you should go with this customer over here. It's not us, but I think there's a better fit for you. They end up coming back saying, well, how can I be a fit for you? What, what do I need? To, you know, what answers do you need to hear for me to be a fit for you? Then now they're a customer that really wants to work with you instead of being, you know, tricked into working for you. And so that's where kind of the word curiosity is a big key to me when it comes to bringing people in. I love that notion of curiosity. You also include on your LinkedIn profile or website, I'm not sure where, but 
Um, it reads, selling is serving. When you focus on your ability to solve your customers' problems, results are organic. Yeah. It's, it's a, a true, tr I call it rigor when you're working with salespeople. It's like the rigor. It's like, you're not going to get a yes every time. You're gonna, you got to build something. And I call it, I call it the fact of um, when you start into that, that conversation with about it, you got a nose and a lot of it's like a boxing match, you know? And the best way to win, a, to stop a boxing match is to hug the person, you know? It's like hug them so then they can't hit you no more, you know? And then you get in close and you get to talk with them, you know? So it's, it, in sales, it's the same way. When you really care about what you're doing and you know you're going to have to call 40 people every day, you're going to get five connections. But those five connections you follow up and talk to for the next three weeks, three of them are going to get to the next step, you know? So it's like every day you're adding five, which will be three down the road, you know? And you just keep adding and building. And then you have this this true sales pipeline where your job becomes really fun because all you're doing is connecting to people you care about. You know, we both coach as part of what we do for clients. Steve Chandler has written a bunch of books. I just finished one of his books last night and he characterized no when you're in sales. It's just, it's Not just yet. a fact. Um, and what his encouragement is, yeah, it's a no, but rethink that as it's not a no, but more of a not yet. That if you do pour yourself into building a relationship, genuinely be curious about them and their needs. It may be they don't say yes now, but odds are in your favor that they may say yes later. Would you agree with Steve? Oh, yeah. It's, it means not yet. It means you asked the wrong question, you know, mm. because if you're, if you sell a SaaS product and you know, industry specific results are there when you, people are buying and implement it properly, they get, they, they solve their problem. If you ask the question and the customer has that problem, well, then you have a solution for them. But if they say no, because of budget restrictions or because my, da -da -da, whatever their excuses are, it's because they don't trust you enough. They don't believe you enough. They don't know. They don't know if you're just, a, a, you know, selling me, what's that old? Uh, thinking the old snake oil, snake oil. Thank you. Tell me a snake oil that's supposed to solve something, but really does it. You know, it's so it's, it's, it's interesting how people have to take that no to say, okay, ask the wrong question. Uh, how about this? If you get to be more curious or truly understand their problem. You also write, I love quoting as a sales leader, you most likely have goals for yourself and your team. These goals just don't happen. They take real work and grit. Accomplishing these goals takes courage. Tenacious leadership is a blend of intuition, self-awareness, teamwork, and personal drive. And regardless of your current situation, you write, we believe in your ability to set and achieve goals for yourself and to empower your team to maximize their potential. Good stuff. I, I'd hire that person. <laughs> is that snake oil or is that real? That well, it's real. At least it's it's, it's real right <laughs> off right off your website. Um, but in sales, it takes real work and grit. Right. Um, some people have the impression that if you're just outgoing, you're naturally going to be gravitating towards sales. Do you have to be an expert to be successful in sales? No, no. I see. In my career, I've always stick it back to your unstuckness. I usually get the teams that are stuck. I get the employees that are stuck. And, and as, as, an, as a coach, executives, I love working with stuck executives, you know, it's so, because they, they, they lost the belief in where they want to go. You know, there's a guy named Mike Dooley talks about thoughts become things. And when their thoughts are always negative or always, I can't, I can't, I can't, or it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. 
I turn around saying, it can be that way. It can be that way. How do we make it that way? And you get them to start getting unstuck about all the negative thoughts or boxes they've created for themselves that they just can't fight, fight their way out of it. And so it's like, these are boxes you've created. Let's, let's undo them, you know, because you can have what you want. If you believe you can get this sales number, then let's get it. And that's where the ethnicity, the, the being an honest leader and knowing if you're picking a number just because statistically that's what we need, where mm. is it you believe you can get that number? If you don't believe your team can get that number, don't give that number because you're just setting them up to failure because you don't believe in them. If you set a number that you believe they can hit, then they can feel that and they will rise up to that number. They will get there or far, 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 far pass it. You, know, you mentioned that you prefer working with startups. Um, startups are a different animal in of themselves. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. What is it about startups that just draws you to them? Because they have a golden reach and they're committed to that goal. They're, they're going to fall and they're going to say, how can we learn from that? Let's keep going. You know, they're not one to say, okay, we fell. Let's assess. Where are we at? What's going on? What's the PowerPoint slide? What's the Excel spreadsheet? How do we make this never happen again? Takes you three months to stop that process. Mm. Startup world, it's like, shoot, this didn't work. Okay. What didn't work in it? Well, look at the numbers. Look at this. Okay. Let's try a different program. Let's do it this way. And they, they just, they move, they keep going because they have a goal. They need to get to the next million. They need to get to the next 10 million. It's, it's, they're reachable targets that they all know because the markets are so huge where we live in. When they're small and you get some momentum, you just kind of follow that momentum and they're, they can go, but they're not afraid to make mistakes. Kevin, as you reflect on what you do and how you have done those, what are the kinds of things that have stuck with you? Uh, you've already shared with before you hit record button one, you just raised your, your mug. You already referenced this quote um, a moment ago. Can you point your mug back up on yeah. camera? For those who are watching, it reads what? Thoughts become things. You just made reference to that, but can you elaborate it? What does that mean to you? Thoughts become things. It's so, it's how we, there's so much things happening in our head these days. Mm -hmm. What do you actually, what's the self-talk? What is your, what do you hear or listen to your friends and family, neighbors? You can't, you can't, you can't a lot of times, especially in uncertainty. And, and that just programs us to start thinking that. So I try myself every morning to start with new thoughts or thoughts with positive outcomes of where I'm going to be at the end of the day, how great this podcast is going to be. And, and just that thoughts kind of drive your intentions. You know, you have this subconscious inside of you that drives you. How are you feeding that subconscious? What, what are you giving that subconscious to think about and, and go for and chew on? If you give it a bunch of negatives, it's going to prove you right. Darwinism inside of us, our job, our Darwin inside of us is to make us survive. And you're telling it what to do to survive. If you tell them you're no good, your conscious is going to make you no good. If you tell yourself you're awesome, your consciousness is going to make you awesome. You know, so, I have invited a number of people who work in the sales area on as, as podcast guests in large part because what I keep hearing is what you just said. And that is more often than not, the barrier to success has nothing to do with anything other than limiting beliefs on, on individuals and sometimes organizations part. Yeah, when you, all these layoffs we're doing right now. Okay, the companies out there, me or just organizations out there, they think that's the solution to solve the problem at hand. But nine months ago, two years ago, they had a strategy and now they're giving up on it. That's not tenacity. That's giving up. You know, that's pointing fingers somewhere else and trying to adjust. I believe companies do need to breathe. So sometimes layoffs are appropriate. But in, in general, when you have a layoff, you lost, you know, 
you you didn't hit your numbers. Why didn't your company hit your numbers? Oh, it's economy wise. No, it's not. It's it's each in as a greater economy. Yeah, maybe those hubs vote. But when you come down to one organization, no matter if it's twenty thousand employees or a hundred employees, when you lay off, you've your strategy screwed up. You 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 you've lost, you give up on your core belief of where you're going. Is my opinion. Mm. And so companies need to lead by not these. Employees come in and they believe their family, their futures with you and your organization. If you don't have a plan that works, then you need to bring them in and, and they'll listen to them. They'll tell you what's broken. Mm. Typically, companies that are that are that are letting people go and they got to readjust. They're not listening to the people that are doing the work. They're listening to consultants that come in. That come like, I'm sorry, I'm a consultant, so I come in, but I do my best to listen to the ground people of the organization that really make the heartbeat of the organization move because you'll find out what's really happening. Do you find that? Is true even in a sales organization. Listen to the people who are having the most day-to-day contact with prospects and or customers. Vice president of sales people don't listen to phone calls. Before they make decision decisions, why aren't they listening to the combat? You know, it's like the king making rulings when they're 500 miles away from a horse-drawn cavalry. You get updates every, you know, week. How we're doing, you know? Nowadays, you can actually jump in the fight and listen. And learn, you know, while the over they're they're talking about this competitor who's got this, they got this, how they actually can adjust and know what's going on with their in the and well working with them. Sometimes leaders jump in and they start closing for people, giving the ability of the people to have a success. You're taking the win away from your employees. Go back to the to the first phone call and help them there. Help them there to get to that second phone call. But when they get to that finish line, let them finish. Let them win. Let them get the 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 blood success there. So they just want another one. You know, it's interesting how sales leaders are, are just focused on the wrong direction of the, organ, of the, of their pipeline. Uh, my wife refers it to as swooping in. They swoop in to do the fun stuff. The, the close is the fun stuff and robbing the person who works so hard is robbing them of just the satisfaction of, of closing. Um, along those lines, there's something about sales. Whereas if you've just had a successful day, some might say, reward yourself, call it a day. Do you find yourself challenging that notion? If you're on a roll, keep rolling. The best, the best energy you have is when you just close something, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd rather you go drink after, after you have a bad day, (laughs) when you have a good day, keep it going. You know, I don't want it. When I have, when I have three good consulting conversations or whatever, I want another one. I just want another one. Just kind of keep it going. Because the, the, the day is going to end when you got to start over tomorrow. And then you got to say, okay, what's tomorrow going to bring me? And if you have the right mindset, you have the right energy, you'll pick up where you left off. But in general, it takes a while to get that confidence to that level of getting yeses. Mm. So I'm more to the fact of, yeah, you should celebrate. Definitely celebrate. But about 10 seconds is all you need to get in and get going on the next one. Mm. You know, finish, your day, finish your day strong and then you know, have a nice dinner. All right, that's good guidance. You know, as you kind of reflect on this conversation we had thus far, what are the kinds of things you want our listeners to have as takeaways, Kevin? Well, when you step back to see your, so we're almost halfway through the year, right? When you look at your personal goals, where are you at? What did you want to accomplish this year? Where are you stuck at? How do you get to where you want to get to? Was it a job situation? Was it personal goals? Was it, was it, what, what is it? And, but if you're accelerating also, be the tenacious to get to the next, change your goals, make them better, make them bigger. Don't be afraid, you know, be curious about where you're at and where you're going. Um, I believe we, we each of us can get to where we want to go. There's enough opportunities, there's abundance all around us. 
we just have to be open to it and be willing to go after it. And uh, my family and I, we just took a great trip in Europe and taking my daughters who are 16 to see, you know, Empire State Building live, you know, Empire, sorry, uh, Paris, the Eiffel Tower live, you know, like, wow, it's right there. Oh, gosh, it's, it's like they seen on TV all the time or in books. So they just had, you know, European history. And, and it's like, oh, this is real. You know, it's like life is real. The world is real. The opportunities are real. Be tenacious. Don't give up. Go after it. Even if you have to dig yourself a little bit of a hole to embrace it, to, to invest in it, it'll reward yourself and you'll, you'll get to where you want to go and everything will work out, promise. And so, but I, I just think this is a great conversation. Mike, I really appreciate your, your, your kind of conversation here. Well, you make it very, very easy, Kevin. Um, I'm confident folks who are listening will say, I want to know more about Kevin. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Well, the tenaciousleader.com, it has a lot of the things I do there. It's a great way to also, you can send me an email through that process or even jump on my calendar there. Um, but are you just email me, Kevin at the tenaciousleader.com is a great way also just to email me and we can connect. Love to talk to anybody. We will include that and your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So be assured of it. You know, you said two things that stuck with me amongst others. One, you use the word curious several times, the importance of curiosity in sales. And that's genuine curiosity. And then you made reference to the importance of serving. If you can serve others and have kind of a curious approach to it, it sounds as if what you are advising us to do, that that gets us pretty much on track to get unstuck if you are stuck in some form or fashion. Yeah. If you're, you know, they say that curiosity kills the cat. Um, but that's when you get stuck, when you're just in that circle, that you just keep finding another question, another, another excuse to kind of keep going in that circle. And I'm saying, being curious to say, what's the true future going to be? How do you truly connect with the other person and really draw in and be able to serve their needs and their company to find the best way? Um, totally. Those two points are very key to my approach when I do sales and my point of actually working with clients. Kevin, you've allowed me to pursue my curiosity and you have served our listeners well, uh, as a guest, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can just go to your browser and type in unstuck.show. And if you want, while you're there, you also can subscribe to our management blog called The Bottom Line. So if you're trying to grow your business, but those people problems have slowed you down, let's talk. Head over to bench-builders.com to schedule a call. So I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you have picked up on some tips from Kevin that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.